Hello, everyone, and what is kind of an emergency episode of Locked On Canadians? The Habs got in on the Eric Carlson trade, which means there is a lot to break down. Some old faces are back in town, some new people are joining the team, and Kent Hughes with a massive W. All that and more inside this show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is a bonus episode of Lockdown Canadians. We do have one that we recorded this morning, Laura and myself, before everything has gone down here. You will be getting that on today. That is episode 897. Technically, this is a bonus episode, but we are counting as one of our regular ones in the week. Anyways, I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day of the week, wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching me on YouTube right now, I am buzzing, one, because the energy drink has kicked in, and two, the Canadians got in on the Eric Carlson trade. Eric Carlson went from San Jose over to Pittsburgh, and it was, I believe, Elliot Friedman who tweeted out right after Laura and I had finished recording earlier this morning that, hey, there is some real pressure to get this deal done today, and it has. So the trade, and I have it in the background because there is so much. Three-way trade here right now. San Jose is getting a 2024 first-round draft pick. Mikel Granlund. Jan Ruda, and from the Canadians, Mike Hoffman in this trade. Pittsburgh is getting Eric Carlson, Rem Pitlick from the Canadians, Dylan Hamiliuk, if I'm pronouncing that properly, and a 2026 third-round pick. The Canadians are getting a 2025 second-round pick from the Penguins. Goaltender Casey DeSmith, prospect Nathan Laguerre, and name that many of you know that I love and that I am Stunned is coming back here. Defenseman Jeff Petrie, who was traded last offseason in the trade for Mike Matheson. And I got to say, wow, just wow. I, I am I'm not surprised that the return was low for San Jose because this was always going to be the case. I have cap friendly pulled up behind me right now in this trade. The Canadians added just over a million dollars in total salary. And what they did is they opened up two forward spots on this roster that were occupied by Rem Pitlick and Mike Hoffman. No salary retained on them whatsoever. And I forgot to include this part. Jeff Petrie, 25% of his salary is being retained by the Pittsburgh Penguins. San Jose is retaining $1.5 million, 13% of Eric Carlson's salary. The Habs are retaining on not Hoffman, not on Pitlick. Nothing, 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 nothing. They've added just over a million dollars. And if you are like me, you were shocked that Jeff Petrie's name was in this because of the way his exit was out of Montreal. He has this year and next year left on his deal. I would be stunned if he ends up 
absolutely playing. If he plays any games for the Canadians this season at all, I would not be surprised if Jeff Petrie is flipped before training camp starts here. He and his wife are currently in New York, I believe with their uh, four sons. Now I believe it is on vacation when this trade went down. Petrie did have a no trade list and I am stunned that he is back in Montreal here. We'll, we'll talk about win winners and losers in this and everything in the next little bit here. But honestly, this looks really good for the Canadians. And the biggest part of this trade is not adding Laguerre. We'll talk about him a little bit in the next segment. And the other players they added here is we, we talked a lot last week. And when Jesse Yolanen was signed about roster space for players in that the Canadians did not have a lot of room on their roster for their younger guys. They had room for maybe one of Rafael Harry Pinard or Jesse Ilonen, not both. Now they have room for both of them. Even a guy like Leah Anderson, who might want to push for an NHL spot. If he can make that, you have Philip Machard joining the AHL ranks. You have Joshua Waugh, who's going to try and take that next step forward here. You have players that you want to open up a, a lane for them to get into and where Hoffman was and where Pitlick was in the lineup varying around that middle to bottom six area on a given night is where you want to put these young guys in right now. And that's a huge, 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 huge boost for this Canadians team. The question is now is what do they do on defense here? They were already very full on defense where a guy like Justin Barron might be in the AHL. Are you going to have to move Arbor Jack out of the AHL to make room here? Something this deal is not done yet for the on the Canadian side of things. I will be very surprised if this deal is done on the Canadian side of things because Petrie and Savard occupy kind of the same role in that veterans in here. You need some kind of veterans in the lineup here. And unless there is something else coming down the pipeline here, the defense is very full and I'm very curious to see what they're doing with that. This helps the rocket. This trade is a massive win for the Laval Rocket, all things considered here. But at the end of the day is they've got to make space for these players too. They made space for their forward prospects, which is fantastic. We love that. But within the next couple of years coming in, you also have David Reinbacher. You have Lane Hudson. You have Adam Engstrom coming. You have guys from the AHL that are going to want to be graduating. A Jaden Struble, a William Trudeau potentially a Matthias Norlander, Logan Mayu, if he, you know, hits the ground running in his first season in the AHL here, there is a lot of moving pieces here for the Canadians. They've started clearing a very good path here, like a snowplow going down the highway here. There's still some more unforeseen road ahead here, but this is just, this is phenomenal work by Kent Hughes. We'll get into whether this, the winners and losers of this in our final segment, but for coming out of nowhere, not having to do any part of this, Hughes has done a really good job at clearing out some dead wood here. Apologies to Hoffman and Pitlick for making it seem so nonchalant and casual, but it's it's dead wood. They are, they are out the door. They are gone. No salary retained on that whatsoever. They are free and clear of that deal here, which is impressive. This puts a lot of pressure on the goaltending now. They've added another NHL goaltender that gives them four goalies on NHL deals who you know are waiver eligible Jake Allen Samuel Montembeau Casey DeSmith and Caden Primo Primo is waiver eligible this year Jakob Dobish is the current 
non-NHL contracted. He can he does not need waivers for next season, basically. The Canadians are going to have to – it's going to be a competition in camp. You've got four goalies, and my thought is in camp is who's going to who's gonna win that spot here? Someone's got to do it eventually here. I assume Montembeau is your incumbent starter. But between Allen, Primo, and DeSmith, one of them has to take the reins here, basically. is Who's going to be the 1B to the 1A here? I I am surprised that this trade went from they're grinding away to get this done to the Canadians have ended up coming away. Oh, and there's a second round pick in there too. We are going to talk some of the old friends and new faces that are joining the Canadians in this trade here. And that's all coming up in our next segment. But first, I got to talk to you about how I start my mornings every single day because I need that boost. When I am working at my desk on sales reports or if I am out in the field meeting with clients, I need to make sure I have the energy to start my day right, and AG1 helps me with all of that. It has a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. It gives me everything I need in the morning, all those B vitamins, all those you know nutrients that you need to start your day right. Everything is right in there. There's 75 high-quality ingredients that deliver key daily nutrition support my energy, focus, strength, and clarity throughout the day. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That is drinkag1.com slash NHL network to start your morning right and check it out with AG1. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and we are in the midst of, I'm going to call it a banger. I'm going to call it a banger trade, and you can't stop me. We're looking at what the Canadians have done here. They have added, in this trade, Jeff Petrie is back, a second-round pick, which in and of itself I would have been like, okay, maybe not the greatest thing. Goaltender Casey DeSmith and... Forward in the AHL, 22-year-old Nathan Laguerre. Let's let's start with the old friends, I suppose, here, is that Jeff Petrie is a known entity to many, many of us in this in the Canadians fandom here. He was originally acquired from Edmonton in 2015 and became an absolute stalwart for the Canadians in his time here. And then when seasons went bad, he was a big part of their playoff run. And in that first Dom Ducharme year, um, before Martin St. Louis came in, Jeff Petrie looked rough. He looked tired. He looked a step behind the play. He didn't look like the Jeff Petrie that we know as a dominant offensive producer, two-way defenseman here in Montreal. He was traded to Pittsburgh last summer with Ryan Paling in a trade for Mike Matheson. I believe a mid-round pick. I might be missing a bit in there. But the big thing is, Mike Matheson came into Montreal, and yeah, he had his injury woes and everything, but he came in and was absolutely dominant. And that is a win for Ken Hughes, because now Petrie is back. We don't know for how long. By the time I'm done recording and editing this, they might have traded him, at which point I will probably just cry, and we will recap everything at the end of the week here. Is that now he traded Ryan Paling, who is not even a Pittsburgh Penguin anymore. He's a Philadelphia Flyer. The Canadians got Mike Matheson in a trade from, I believe it was Ron Hextall at the time, for next to nothing at that because they got Petrie back 
They have retaining sal. Pittsburgh is retaining salary on Petrie. And that gives the Canadians three veterans in here. That's Savard, Matheson, and Petrie. I, as I said in the first segment, like many people have said on Twitter, based on the way that Petrie's exit from Montreal was and his last season and just general comments, it wouldn't be surprising if he has gone out of this too. And the Canadians add prospects, picks, or something along the way there, and they flip him to another team with maybe, you know, a little bit of salary retention in there as well. I think they have one more salary retained slot to use, maybe two. I'd have to check cap friendly on that, but it's not a terrible ad if they're moving something else out here. But on defense, looking at the defense from last year, that is back this year. You have Matheson, you have Savard, you have Weidman as your veterans. Then you're including Jordan Harris, Arbor Jackeye, uh, Caden Gooley, and Justin Barron. You have about eight or nine defensemen who could be playing in the NHL this year. And now you're adding Petrie into that mix here. There is a lot. There is a lot here. I assume Chris Weidman is bound for the AHL or will be traded in a, another trade down the line here. Because I think they're going to want to give these prospects their ice time. And we saw guys like Justin Barron who continue to improve with it. Guys like Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley, who played injured last year, but played big, 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 big minutes when called upon. And Arbor Jackeye, who, you know, his his love of fisticuffs is one thing, but he he's showing that there is an offensive upside there. There is a, a level to his game that he hasn't hit yet. And I think that's very important. And Jordan Harris, like Laura and I talked about last week is stop trading Jordan Harris, because then you're going to wonder why every other team is a Jordan Harris type player. And you don't, there's a lot of opportunity here for Kent Hughes to kind of do a reset on this defensive group. Like he did with the forward two sending out Hoffman and Pitlick is great. There's an opportunity there. And I keep saying opportunity because that's what this trade is all about. It has created a ton of opportunity for the Montreal Canadians in a lot of spots here. And that's all squared away. Now is that something else is coming. I just don't know what, and then let's move on to the new faces here. Uh, Casey DeSmith is coming over from Pittsburgh. He had a 15, 16, and four record last year, 905 save percentage, 3.17 goals against right around the, the counting stats, not counting wins and losses. Those are not strictly a goaltender stat. Those are a team stat save percentage goals against it falls right in line with what we've seen from Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau the last couple of years. 905 is, I believe, just under league average. I think league average was 907 last year. I could be wrong. Please correct me in that case. There is the, he was, I believe he was kicked off his college team for being involved in a domestic violence incident, of which I do not have the details directly in front of me, but that was a well-publicized case. Um, I know that there is a lot of people who are going to be very upset by that. I don't love the idea of doing that when the Canadians are working. I don't even want to say working in that, in that they've seen what happened in the Logan Mayu case and other things around there is it feels very weird for a team that put an emphasis on character and smart players that they are doing something like this, pushing that to the side for right now, looking at a purely statistical point here is DeSmith is an average NHL backup defense maybe in front of him wasn't great. He's going to have to learn to be better 
this year behind a less experienced Canadian defense, though I don't think Pittsburgh's defense last year was anything special as well. Uh, and then adding Nathan Laguerre, 22-year-old right wing. Um, he is from the Montreal area. He just finished his second pro season with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. He had 19 points in 68 games. I'm going to just bring up his elite prospects page because they usually put some of their quotes in there. He is just 22 years old, and he was a 2019 third round, 30, third round draft pick, 74th overall. Always keeps his feet moving, takes large strides, changes directions pretty well. He never gives up on the play and puts effort into everything he does on the ice. Pretty good numbers in the QMJHL before that. He had 87 points in one in 68 games, 71 points in 61 games. Uh, and then in a COVID, I believe this was a COVID short year when he was captain of the Bicomo Dracar. 14 points in 14 games, then 24 points in 19 game with the Valdor Fourers uh, after a trade there. If I am correct, I believe Wilkes-Barre Scranton wasn't very good last year or struggled a lot due to the injuries that they suffered at the NHL level. They had a lot of players going up to the Penguins, something Canadians fans can very much relate to. This is a huge fresh start for Laguerre. And I think playing for the Laval Rocket, if his effort and consistency is there to be a strong contributor at both ends of the ice there, he doesn't need to be a superstar on this team, but I think he is going to be a very interesting add for this. The Rocket have lost some of their top stars. They, you know, Otto Leskin is gone. Yelonen and Rafael Harvey Pinard have graduated to the NHL. Alex Belziel is a New York Ranger. Anthony Richard is now a Boston Bruin. On defense, at, well, not on defense, but they've lost some of these bits here. Adding Laguerre is, it's a no-risk flyer, basically, in this. I was kind of hoping maybe Owen Pickering was the guy they went after, but I'm not going to be fussed about this. I think Laguerre getting a fresh start playing in his home province is going to be a huge deal. And also in this, it's a second-round pick the Canadians get in 2025. The Penguins are teetering on the precipice of being really bad again. Adding Eric Carlson was a way to extend that Crosby-Malkin window for as long as they can. Whether it works or not is up in the air, but it's it's hard to be upset with the way that this has gone for the team right now. I think they added a lot of good pieces. Even if they flip Petrie, I still think this is a good adding of players in here. We're going to talk winners and losers on this trade, and that's all coming up next. We are back here at Locked on Canadians. I am your host for today. I am Scott Matla. Laura and myself had a show recorded for all of you. I, I want to make that known that we had a show recorded that will be coming out on Tuesday. We're talking, ironically, prospects in that. So you will get a whole blast of that on Tuesday because this trade happened. Let's say we finished around quarter after 10. We will be we had to get something out on this and I was available to sit down and record here. This is a summer of Kent Hughes. The draft is an outlier of this doesn't seem great. Honestly, like maybe not my favorite thing in the world, what they did at the NHL draft. Sure. All the deals he's made, the players he signed, everything he's done has made perfect sense and has been reasonable. He hasn't done anything super. This is the out, maybe the Alex Newhook trade, depending on how you want to process that. But this trade, getting players that fit 
the vision of what Ken Hughes wants right now and the direction this team is going. Free he, the biggest part of this trade that they did is they freed up those forward spots for Harvey Pernard for Yelonen, whether that be Joshua Wild, whether that be a Philip Mashar if he lights up the AHL this season. Those opportunities are there now. Kent Hughes created opportunities for his young players. Show me that you deserve to be here, basically. And I think that you're gonna see a lot of competition in in training camp and in rookie camp and all these things for guys who now have, who maybe didn't have that path forward. They do now. I realized too, talking about defensemen in the last segment, I forgot Jonathan Kovacevic again, which my apologies, Johnny, this trade comes off like a huge, I think the penguins are the ones who made out the best in this. They somehow gained cap space in a trade where they acquired a $10 million player in this deal. And they got Eric Carlson out of it. They got the best piece out of this entire trade, obviously. The Canadians are a clear second place in this, and I think they made out pretty well. They added a little bit of cap space depending on impending moves. They got another guaranteed NHL goaltender there. Whether So something in there is moving, whether that be Jake Allen, whether that be Caden Primo, someone there is moving to another team at some point here. They added another AHL player. They got a draft pick for it. And they just didn't retain salary and everything. They are a very clear winner in this deal here. The Sharks are in tough. They lost a 100-point defenseman and got spare parts back. They ended up with Mike Hoffman out of the deal. They ended up with uh, Mikael Granlund and, you know, a first-round lottery-protected or top-10-protected first-round pick for the guy who was the best defenseman in the league last year. That's that's tough if you're a Sharks fan. And JD, I know you're recording your own show. Much love to you on this because it's finally over and you can rest. From a purely Canadian standpoint, this is a tremendous Kent Hughes dub across the board. Kent Hughes doesn't often, I don't think Kent Hughes has lost a trade depending on how the new hook one goes. If new hook comes in and hits the ground running like Kirby Doc did, you you forget about it, you laugh and you move on. In this one here, even if they are keeping Petrie for right now, I think that they have come out pretty well in this trade. And I I am surprised. I, I didn't think that they would be tied into this, much less that Jeff Petrie is the one coming here. I would have thought maybe Michael Granlund's coming here in that while they're trying to shed salary because they're moving Hoffman and Pitlick, but nope, another defenseman. To truly now hit a huge that next level that like this is a certified banger trade not just i'm saying this is a banger trade but like certified banger is they got to sort out this defensive thing here they're going to have four veterans if you're counting weidman in there five if you're counting kovacevic and being very generous on this team here with seven or eight defensive spots They've got to move some of these bodies out. Weidman I will go to the AHL. I think they might try and slide Kovacevic into the AHL because he's got two years left on that deal. And generally teams don't like claiming guys on waivers with term because they're looking for a short-term fix on this before maybe they go back on waivers again. Or sometimes it's like Rem Pitlick and they just stick around for a while. If they can sort out the defense here, and maybe it's David Savard is moving in a trade. He's only got one year left. Maybe it is Petrie is flipped and is going to... Detroit, Dallas, Nashville, 
even because Ryan or hell, it might be Philadelphia. Ryan Ellis is apparently not coming back anytime soon due to his uh, iliopsoas injury, which is a muscle I forgot existed. Thanks to my college degree. The, there is, there are still the teapot has been pulled off the, uh, off the burner here. It is done whistling, but there was something else bubbling and brewing here. If you're the Montreal Canadiens, and honestly, it makes for a very fascinating rest of summer here because we're usually in the time period where there's not much happening. There's not much happening. There's not much happening. Uh, you get an AHL signing. You know, there's some rumblings or I'm hearings, you know, maybe once every two weeks. You can help. You can't help but feel that there is something lingering on the edge here, that the Canadians are going to get involved in something else. And I haven't looked at Twitter or our Slack chat since I started this episode but there is there is a lot that can be happening here in montreal stay tuned with us here at locked on canadians right now i want to hear what you think is this a dub is this an l how did kent hughes do in this trade i think and the general response i've gotten from twitter tremendous win for the canadians here it frees up and creates and there's that word again opportunity for the Habs and their young players this season. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. Follow myself at Scott Mala. Follow my host at The Active Stick. Follow us wherever you get your daily podcast. Sound off in the comments. Email LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. We want to know your thoughts on this trade. We will get into that when we get later on in the week. If more deals are not coming down the pipeline, our prospect-based episode will be up on Tuesday morning. So again, this week, you're getting a Monday, you're getting an episode today, Sunday. This episode is going out as soon as I am done editing it and it's going right out into the market for all y'all. You will get a Tuesday episode for prospects and then we will have our Friday mailbag. Everything is out of whack here a little bit because of this deal, but big win for the Canadians, busy Sunday for the rest of us. Thank y'all for listening and we will see you all next time.